second pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Nick Bosa, defensive end, Ohio State. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez. You could follow me on Twitter at Zach Hernan. You can follow the podcast at RGS Pod. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Anthony Perry. Anthony, how you doing tonight? What's going on, Zach? What's going on, Faithful? It is your boy, Perry, back with another edition of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. It's 11 o'clock over here in California, recording late at night, but hey, we're on our grind trying to get that job done, you know? Draft is coming up. A lot to talk about, specifically with the 13th and 31st overall picks in the first round. Obviously, the Niners have a lot of directions they can go in with it. We'll definitely get it going with this podcast and throughout. We'll talk about it. But, you know, just early rituals. Follow me on Twitter, guys. Perry underscore 49ers. That's P-E-R-R-Y underscore 49-E-R-S. All right. Got it all out. Um, And let's just go ahead and get right into it. Uh, Like Anthony said, we are approaching draft week. Um, In about an hour, our time, it'll actually be the week of the NFL draft for 2020. And it's going to be a much welcomed break from kind of all of this craziness we're dealing with right now in the world uh, with the coronavirus. So I am very, very much looking forward to it. I'm sure all of you guys are too. Uh, with all that said, let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, Anthony, based on all the media uh, reports, it seems like the 49ers are either going to address uh, wide receiver or cornerback depending on how the board falls to them. So say it falls in your favor. Who would you like to see the 49ers take and why? So this is the big question that's been burning in the backs and minds of Niners fans ever since they traded DeForest Buckner away. It obviously starts with the 13th overall pick, and I think that's what we're going to work with here first. The 13th overall pick is huge. I joined nothing but Niners the other day, and we talked about the pick, and I was really saying that I think this pick could ultimately help determine the whole future of the team. And I know it's just one player, but getting that game-making or game-play-making wide receiver or that game-changing cornerback could be huge. And a lot has to happen for the board to fall, at least in my favor. But overall, to begin with, I want the Niners to go wide receiver. Eric Crocker, a good friend of ours, he talked about how this is a really deep cornerback class. It doesn't seem like it. There's some good talent overall. But it's just it's just not so prevalent in the first round. Like we see good players like CJ Henderson, obviously Jeffrey Okuda, AJ Terrell. You know, there's a lot of talent, but obviously two of those guys, Okuda and Henderson, you would consider taking at thirteen, but the rest of the guys are like the back end of the first round. And even then there's a lot of good midday corners in the second, third, fourth round picks. So it kinda depends. I don't think the Niners need to address cornerback at thirteen, but like I said, I got to go with wide receiver. And if the board falls in my favor, the big three guys, you know who they are. Henry Ruggs, CeeDee Lamb, and Jerry Judy. All talented, uber oozing with potential wide receivers that just go out there and ball. But if I had to pick one guy and if this if the board falls in my favor, Zach, I got to go with CeeDee Lamb. Out of Oklahoma, this guy has been drawing comps to both DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham Jr., he is an absolute monster in that air raid offense. And look, wide receivers coming out of the offense are obviously studs, and you can't really knock him for that because the air raid offense, you know, first was Cliff 
Cliff Kingsbury, and I forget who the head coach is now, Lincoln Riley, I think. Um, they just they throw the ball and throw the ball and throw the ball, and all these wide receivers just absolutely go in there in that system and just ball the hell out. He finished the season with 62 catches, 1,300 yards, and 14 touchdowns. That's pretty damn impressive. So I want a guy who can go up and get the ball, who can win one-on-one matchups, who can run routes, who can make contested catches. And he doesn't have, like, quick burst speed, but he has good long speed. And I think that the Niners don't necessarily need an explosive playmaker like a Ruggs or, or more or less like a refined route runner like Jerry Judy. I think they need a wide receiver who can just be a bully. And for that, I got to go with CeeDee Lamb. I think he just has this nastiness to his game. He's basically like, in my opinion, he's basically basically like the 6'2 version of Debo Samuel. He's 190 pounds, a little bit smaller weight-wise than Debo, but taller. And, I mean, the dude plays like a tight end damn near and runs like a wide receiver. So give me that any day of the week or the month of the year to improve the offense 100%. And like I said, the board falls in my favor. CD Lamb. Okay, I can definitely see uh, going going Lamb at that pick. Going wide receiver in general. Um, for me, I definitely think I. To be honest with you, I would prefer wide receiver. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it's the more sexy year of the pick. However, I think realistically and um, just kind of looking long term, I think cornerback is actually the safer. Uh, maybe not safer, but smarter pick is what I'm trying to say here. Uh, if you line the two position groups up, I think the cornerback is more of an immediate need right now than wide receiver. Um, I think wide receiver, most of the time, there are guys that you can kind of plug and play. And right now, I mean, you have Debo Samuel, obviously. You have red zone threat, Kendrick Bourne. And then under that it's a bunch of kind of unknowns or known and not great um i mean there's dante pettis who who had a severe regression year there's jalen hurd who's coming off of an injury who according to reports may not even ever be able to play a down in the nfl again and then there's trent taylor who's looked great when healthy but he hasn't been able to stay healthy and then there's marquise goodwin who you know who who's to say if he's even going to make the team come come august and september and then on the flip side, the secondary has been has been sound for the most part. I mean, for, for the majority of last year, they were a record-setting secondary historically. However, when 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 push came to shove and, and when they needed to make a play and and perhaps maybe I should say not allow a play, they weren't able to do that. So I think that secondary might be specifically cornerback, uh, might be the better of the two picks. And I know uh, guys like Albright and Crocker, our boy, were saying that, you know, just because it's a deep NFL or deep wide receiver uh, class doesn't mean that there's um, a a vast majority of elite wide receivers. I understand that. However, I don't think that the 49ers need an elite wide receiver per se. I think that they could get a a game changing guy who is still, you know, even at 31 or, or later on in the draft and go with that. Um, whereas on the flip side, cornerback, it's really, really difficult to get a, a solid cornerback, a lockdown corner in this game. And, you know, who's to say how this, um, how the board's going to fall. However, imagine getting a guy like Okuda, you know, imagine having a guy like that, who's able to, to fall. Um, and, and it may not even be that big of a fall, but if he gets to 13, I think that the 49ers 
um, should definitely snag him up. And I don't think they should look back. And I understand I'll probably get some flack from that, but that's just, that's just how I feel. Um, Anthony, there have definitely been some rumors going on this off season that Joe Staley is once again, contemplating retirement. Um, we, we've kind of heard this previously and he, he, you know, he's, he's addressed it even. Um, do you think there's any possibility that the 49ers take a tackle with the 13th overall pick, even if Staley decides to return? I wouldn't necessarily rule it out as a long shot. And here's why this is an incredibly deep tackle class. We got guys like Andrew Thomas, Makai Becton, Tristan Wirfs, Ezra Cleveland, lots of talent out there. And it's going to be clear that one of these guys is going to fall to the Niners at 13. And the thing about it too, is that it's going to be a shame whether it's Thomas or whether it's Becton or whether it's Wirfs or Cleveland, whoever it may be, there is a ton of talent at the tackle position. And we see what happens when teams take tackles really high. For example, they can't work. They, you know, they don't work out that often. Uh, like Eric Fisher for the Chiefs, like he's an okay tackle. I think the Chiefs took him first overall though, or second overall. And that was what, the 2012 draft class, 2013. So you can see how things like that happen. It doesn't guarantee that it'll work out. But the point being is that tackles are valued way more this season and last season than they have been previously. And I think that value is going up each and every year. And we saw how the Niners played when Joe Staley was healthy. He's a solid tackle at his age still. I think he turns 36 this year. Right now he's 35. But overall, he's still a solid tackle who can get the job done, but he's not getting any younger. And the Niners don't necessarily have an answer for him once he does decide to retire. They have Daniel Brunskill who can fill in, but I don't know what their confidence level is with him or if they just want him to play right guard. I heard some things saying that they could possibly move Mike McGlinchey to left tackle when Joe retires, but again, that just opens a door at right tackle. So it all kind of depends on what Staley wants to do, and I'm sure we'll find out in the next week or so before the draft. But if he does decide to return... Me, personally, I don't necessarily want them to take a tackle at 13. Maybe in the trade back, but that's like one in a million. But at 13, I don't want them to take a tackle. But if they if their board doesn't necessarily fall right and one of those good tackles slips and maybe Henderson and Okuda aren't there or maybe Lamb, Ruggs, and uh, Judy are all gone by then. But there is a guy like Andrew Thomas or, or Becton or worse that's available go for it, take it. At that point, you know, we're going to talk about trades too eventually, and that could always be an option. But in a no trade back scenario, I would go with the best player available at a position of need, and it would definitely be one of those tackles. So again, me personally, no. But if the board just may not fall the way it seems, tackle should definitely be an option. Okay. All right. Um, I like that. I definitely, I agree. Um, I think if they, if Joe Staley uh, informs the team that he he has in fact decided to retire, I think it's something that should be definitely um, discussed and definitely put up there as a number one need or you know up, uh, tied is equal to number one need because right now it's almost like receiver and corner they're they're the biggest needs of this team. But if Joe Staley says he's not coming back. Then they suddenly look, you know, minuscule compared to the need that would be left there on the offensive line. Um, and and Joe Staley at times did not look um, like himself last season. 
um, particularly when he came back from injury. However, he kind of got back to his old self. But I, I can imagine that they would feel, even with the, um, even if he didn't retire, I can imagine that they would feel uh, that they should perhaps start selecting his replacement and start having him trained, start having him groomed to take over when that time comes. Um, and you know, like I said, this has kind of been in in uh, in the discussion for a while now, for a couple of years. I remember going to uh, the 49ers State of the Union, I believe it was, a couple of years ago, the first one that they had, and Joe Staley kind of addressed it there. And he said, you know, losing so much for so long just kind of took a toll on me, and I, I didn't want to continue playing football. However, you know, the, this this environment, this this organization, um, this, this coaching staff really, really reignited my passion for football. But man, you just got to think getting that close once again last season and not coming back with the ring. It, I don't know if he's he's thinking what are the, my what's the likelihood that I get back to that promised land to get back to that scenario and walk right off into the sunset. But I, I hope he comes back. I love Joe Staley. I know the majority of 49ers fans love Joe Staley. I actually don't know anybody that doesn't like Joe Staley. So I really hope he comes back. With all that being said, if he retires today, yes, they should take a tackle um, just because it would leave a glaring line or a glaring hole on their offensive line. And that's just not something that they could be successful with, even in the slightest. Um, now, like we said, dra- draft week is upcoming. We are 24 hours away from it being draft week. Um, and the 13th pick, as we've been discussing, rides on what the 49ers need most. Um particularly wide receiver cornerback as of now should they address true position of need at 13 anthony or do you think that they should be uh primarily attempting to trade back now here's where i feel like most of the fan base has been divided and even the media members too i said in the beginning the niners have a lot of options to go about in this draft they could trade back they could stay put they can move players and get more picks they could trade players and get even more picks and even less picks. You know, there's it's the NFL draft and the NFL. They could go in a bevy of direction and we would have no idea. But in this case, we're going to start with the 13th overall pick, wide receiver and cornerback. You know, the thing I was going to say too was that wide receiver and cornerback both are relatively deep positions in this class. So if their board doesn't fall right, they could definitely trade back from 13. What would they do if they do decide to trade back? We'll talk about that in a second. But overall, I think the option for that too is definitely on the table for them to trade back from 13. But I kind of think that that's only based on if their board doesn't fall their way. And you're going to hear me say it time and time again in this episode, the board is going to, you know, obviously the draft board determines the NFL's team's draft. But especially for the Niners who don't have any midday picks, who really have the two first-round picks and a bunch of day-three picks. So it's really going to be predicated on what they do in this first round. And me, personally, I'm not so much a fan of the mid-round picks, and I'm not so much of a fan of trading back in the first round. And the reason why is because I think your best chance of getting the surefire talent is where you're picking at. And, I mean, it's like saying, like, oh, the Bengals can trade back from pick one to pick two and they would still hope they can get Joe Burrow, even though it's clear the Redskins want Joe Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? It's like, you can trade back and trade back and hope that the player you want is going to be there, 
But if he's not there in the trade back, you better hope that the constellation you're getting is going to be just as good. So that's kind of my two bits on the whole trade back thing. Me, personally, I don't want them to trade back. I feel like they're going to, and it sucks. <laughs> At least for me, I think it sucks. So I don't think they trade back. And I know I said wide receiver, but cornerback is definitely option to 13 too. I definitely do think they address one of those two positions, and I don't think they trade back. Um, now, I definitely think that they should address their biggest need at 13. And, and here's why. Hear me out. The 49ers were roughly six minutes and some change away from walking away as Super Bowl champions last season. They're bringing back most of that team. Um, you know, they lost, obviously, to Forrest Buckner. However, that was their choice to do so. And they felt that they came out the other end a stronger team. Obviously, they wouldn't have made that choice if they didn't. Um, so what I'm trying to say is they only need a few blue chip players uh, to, to fill their biggest holes to be added in order to make the difference to come away next season as Super Bowl champions. Uh, most teams that go to the Super Bowl, both teams that win, both teams that lose the next season, they are completely uh, a shell of what they used to be this year, both the Chiefs and the 49ers are bringing back the majority of their rosters. So my argument is they need to fill these, these holes because the rest of the team isn't as depleted as most think it should be coming off of a Super Bowl loss. Um, they should only be a few steps away, a few minor tweaks. Um, I think the, 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 the saying is re we're reloading, not rebuilding. And I think that's completely true. However, they're not reloading much in this case because there's not much that they have to fix. Um, but I, I think that they should address the biggest holes and only trade back if one necessary because the board falls a certain way that they really do not care to select any of the players where they're at. They don't value them that highly. Or two, a team is offering up a king's ransom that they would just be stupid to turn down. Um, and those are the only two scenarios which I would be okay with them trading back i don't think that they should uh be aggressively trying to trade back unless like i said um the board is completely not how they envision it going at that point uh now moving on to my next question um if they happen to trade back anthony do you think that they only move uh, a pick or two back from 13 maybe pick up a mid-round pick or do you think they'd rather drop into the late teens, early 20s to kind of get the maximum value in return of that pick? So this is kind of tough because at least for the Niners' sake with the positions of need having to be addressed, you know, wide receiver and cornerback and and arguably interior defensive line because Buckner is gone, but I don't think they do that. Um, that, that value of 13 is huge for the team. And the difference between pick 13 to pick 15 for the Niners is probably like maybe a third round pick, maybe a fourth and a seven or something like that. Something kind of low value. Or if they trade back with, say, like the Eagles and get that pick 21 and get like a pick two and a pick three or a pick two this year, pick five and maybe a future second or third or something. Because that, that jump from 21 to 13, you know, what, eight spots? That's good math. Eight spots. It would cost a lot for the Eagles, at least at least for the Niners' sake. If I'm John Lynch, I'm going, yo, we have this pick available. 
but it's going to cost you guys. We have team needs. We're not too sure if our board is going to fall this way. And just to be sure, in case it doesn't fall this way, we want to know that we can get some good draft capital back so we can address that position later in this draft or possibly next year's draft too. So overall, I I personally think because of the lack of second, third, and fourth round picks, I think it's very likely that they try to trade into the 17s, 18s, 19s, and maybe even the 20s or 21s. They need picks. They do. And it sucks. And like I said, I'm not a fan of trading back from 13 or even 31 because I like being able to pick at that position. But looking at the other side of it, the team does need to address some depth. I mean, for example, I said it's a deep cornerback class. The Niners need to get a cornerback or two because next season, Richard Sherman, Kwan Williams, Emmanuel Mosley, Akella Witherspoon are all due for contracts. And Emmanuel Mosley is a restricted free agent, so he can uh, he can kind of get the cheapy deal. But the other three guys, not so much. So the Niners will definitely need to look to address that depth in some way. Again, whether it's taking a Henderson or Okuda at 13 and then trading out at 31 or vice versa. They trade back from 13, take corner at 30, you know, whatever it may be, there's lots of options. So I think for the sake of the team, getting mid round picks is important <laughs> for, for my sake. It's not that important, but for the Niners, I think they are going to need mid round picks. And unfortunately to get the most value out of 13 and, I want to think best of the team, too, for them to get the most value out of 13. They do got to trade back quite a few spots. And look, it's nice to trade back to maybe 13 or, or excuse me, to trade back to 14 or 15 and get a pick or two. And that might, like I said, that might be like a third and a fourth or a third and a sixth or something. But when you're trading back to the 20s or the teens and you can get a second and a third and two fours or two twos and a three, something like that. That will definitely make a difference in the long run. So if I'm John Lynch, sadly, give me a late trade back and just address depth and get the best position possible in the second day as best you can. Okay. Um, and, and I can see that argument uh, just because of their their lack of picks and, and definitely needing some depth built more or added to this team. Um, however, I think I would kind of be somewhat of a hypocrite if I were to say that, given my last answer as to how they um, only need a few pieces. So saying kind of logically sound here, using that same logic, I'm going to say that uh, they should only move a couple of spots back because obviously the further you move back, um, the further or the less likely it is you're going to get uh, a star player, um, a key addition who's going to be able to start day one. So. I think that they they'd be rather uh, they, excuse me they'd be better off moving just a couple of spots back as opposed to a large gap back even though they might be getting a lot more um, I just think that the players that they they'd get are definitely more uh, kind of rotational players um, um, depth players granted there's the occasional George Kittle that you find in the fifth round that just is blows the whole league out of the park. There's Tom Brady's. There's guys like that, that nobody foresees coming. And that's going to happen every year for the most part, but you can't plan for those guys. So with that being said, I think that they'd be better off just moving a couple of spots back instead of getting the large haul um, and moving a lot further back and kind of diminishing their chances of getting a blue chip player. Um, 
Now, keeping trades in mind, Anthony, they clearly have options to go about. Um, do you think that, do you think, um, excuse me, what's more likely and why? Trading back from 13, 31, or trading back from both? Or third option, not trading back at all? So, so again, I brought it up. I was like, you know what? The Niners are smart enough to trade back and get those mid-round picks. And that wouldn't be me as a GM. Like I said, I'd be like, you know what? No, I'm staying put, getting my best players available. But like I said, for John Lynch and those guys, they need to trade back, unfortunately. I do think they trade back from 31. Or excuse me, let's start with 13. I do think they trade back from 13. Again, I I see it as them getting into the early 20s or late teens and trying to get a bevy of mid-round picks. And again, if it's just like a second and a third or a second, third, and fourth, that'd be great. That'd be really good. But if that's kind of all it is and you're you're getting that value, but it doesn't feel like it's enough, especially for the 13th overall pick when you're trading so far back, I can definitely see them trading out of 31 also if at that point the board... The board doesn't fall their way, and they don't feel like what they're getting is good value for any of those players at 31. So in my opinion, John Lynch loves to trade. The Niners need more depth. The Niners need more mid-round picks. I can definitely see them trading back from both positions, 13 and 31. Wow, both. Okay. Um, I definitely think that they, they're more likely to stay at 13 and trade back from 31 just because at 13, you really have the opportunity to get yourselves um, a, a game-changing franchise-type player as opposed to 31. Now, don't get me wrong, 31, there's still fantastic players available. I mean, um, the, the Ravens got Lamar Jackson at the end of the first round, um, so it's not like they're complete trash once you get out of the first half of the first round. That's not what I'm saying at all. However, at 13, I think you have a, a, a larger chance of hitting a home run on a player. And I think that they traded DeForest Buckner away uh, with the comfort knowing that they'd be able to get uh, a game-changing player in return for him at 13. And I think 31 still holds a high enough value to where they can get who they want and still also get what they want as terms uh, in terms of getting what picks back if they're looking to trade back. I don't see them staying put at both. Um, I just think that the the lack of picks that they have right now doesn't doesn't give them that sort of privilege to not have to worry about trading back. So I definitely could see them moving back from 31. Um, now, there's definitely um, been a lot of chatter about certain players getting traded, uh, the 49ers kind of wheeling and dealing. Who do you think has kind of the most potential to get traded from this team? And what value would they be and why? So we hear a lot about the guys who could possibly get traded from this team. This includes Matt Breida and Dante Pettis, Akello Witherspoon, Tevin Coleman, for example, Marquise Goodwin. And last episode, too, I believe we talked about how guys we could cut could save money. Well, you look at guys like Jarek McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, Marquise Goodwin. If you cut all three of those guys alone, the Niners could save over $10 million. So you could see that as a possible option. And again, it's not just having to cut guys to save money or just cut guys. You can always trade them. 
if the Niners feel like they need to clear a little bit of cap just to have some wiggle room for next season, even when the salary cap is booming upwards, they could definitely trade those guys. Cutting them isn't just an option. They can trade them also. So, with that being said, I'm not going to say Pettis is going to get traded because, you know me, I love Pettis. I'm a huge Pettis supporter. I want him to work out. But they just tendered Matt Breida. I think he's on a one-year contract for $3.3 million, $3 million. And look, I like Brita a lot, Zach. But the thing with me is that they get a lot of value out of Mostert, out of Tevin Coleman, and out of Jeff Wilson Jr. And Matt Brita just kind of fell off the favorable chart of Kyle Shanahan as the season wore on. He even fumbled in the playoffs, even though the fumble didn't matter. The point being is that he fumbled kind of just out of nowhere. And it was like, this is what you do with your only few playoff carries. It's really surprising. And again, they only have him on contract for $3 million. And I believe even on the tender, if they cut him, they don't lose any money. So a team could possibly inquire on Matt Breida for, say, fourth, fifth, or sixth round pick. I know running backs aren't necessarily valued, but you look at what Matt Breida can do, you look at his speed and his vision, and you realize... This guy has value on another team somewhere if the Niners don't want to keep him. And that's just how it is. I mean, going into the season, barring anything, the Niners are going to go in with Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert, and Jeff Wilson Jr. And if you want to count Kyle Juszczyk also. So that's six backs. Six. Shanahan loves to rotate his running backs, but two of them likely wouldn't make the cut. One of them would probably, sadly, be Jeff Wilson Jr. I don't want him to get cut, but that could be the case. And the other one, I <laughs> I honestly, I don't know. It could be Matt Breida because, again, they cut him and they don't lose any money and they save money. So why cut him when you could possibly get some trade value out of him? And, again, the Niners could always trade him for a late day three pick and address running back with that same pick. So it all depends. But overall, I brought up Goodwin. I brought up Coleman and Pettis and Breida. But out of all those guys, Zach, and obviously Witherspoon, out of all those guys, I do think Matt Breida holds the most value out of the guys you can trade. And I think he would bring back the quote, quote unquote, biggest return out of all the players that could possibly get moved. Okay. Yeah. I When I was thinking about this question, um, I actually wrote down the exact same three names. Um, also with the, with the addition of, Jarek McKinnon. However, I don't think he holds much value given that he hasn't uh, touched a football field for a meaningful snap in what, two years now. Um, So I don't think that he's going to get moved as far as trade wise. However, I was kind of going through my thoughts here and a name came into mind that is kind of, hasn't really been talked about much. There was a little, little steam that got picked up recently, but Nick Mullins, um, now, now, hear me out. You're probably thinking, what? They just It was just reported that they were turning down trade offers left and right. Now, I'm going to ask you this, Anthony. How much actually gets leaked from this front office? Zero, dude. Zero. And, you know, just a quick tidbit, too. That's a really good point that you bring up. I totally forgot about Nick Mullins. 
you know, a lot of people last season were clamoring, like, cut C.J. Beathard, cut C.J. Beathard. He's just wasting a roster spot. We have Nick Mullins, who's a perfect backup. And we kept three quarterbacks, and I think not having Beathard could have been very helpful for the team's depth overall. We saw what happened in the middle of the season when the team needed defensive linemen, when all those guys were getting hurt, when wide receivers weren't doing much, when the corners were getting hurt, and so on and so forth. And having that depth is huge, and having that roster space is huge. So, yeah, I I agree. But overall, (laughs) I disagreed with myself. (laughs) But overall... Nothing gets leaked from this team, dude. Not not a zip, zero, nada, nothing. It was like the Mike McGlinchey draft, dude. I, I don't think we knew the Niners were going to take a tackle. I, I honestly didn't think they were going to take a tackle. And the fact that they did, man, that's really shocking. So, yeah, nothing gets leaked at all. Yeah, so I, I think that it was strategically leaked, um, more so in the fact of um, we're not going to give them up for peanuts. And you, you better make sure you come collected if you're going to try and offer something for Nick Mullins. Um, I think, like you said, the fact that Kyle Shanahan decided to keep three quarterbacks on the roster last year, which is it just it's pretty much unheard of. Teams don't usually do that. Um, I think it, it shows how much he values Nick Mullins, and he feels that other teams likely do as well because he did not feel like he would be able to 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 keep him otherwise. So I think that the 49ers he's a pretty viable candidate to be traded on draft day um, for, and I think they could get a sizable return for him. Um, the, this league overvalues quarterbacks like crazy. I mean, this is the same, same league that you saw, you know, guys like uh, Nick, Nick Foles, granted he's a Super Bowl winner, but he seems to only work in Philadelphia. I don't really know what goes on with that. Uh, even going back a bit, Matt Flynn in, in Seattle before Russell Wilson took over. So teams are willing to shell out money and picks if they feel like a quarterback is is even uh, average to above average. And I think Nick Mullins in the right system could definitely be that. Um, so that that's that's a name to keep an eye on. And, and like like we said, remember, only things that leak from this front office are what they want to leak. So it's it's all strategic, man. This isn't the years of Harbaugh where every single thing was getting leaked. Um, now. A lot of focus hasn't really been on the 49ers offensive line um, and, and even the tight end position. Everybody thinks of George Kittle. However, there's not much outside of that. Um, you got Ross Dwelly. Um, I saw Toy Lolo went and signed. I, f- I forget where. Maybe New York. I could be wrong. Um, do you think that the 49ers um, will be addressing these positions in a trade back scenario? Or do you think that they'd kind of wait until the last day of the draft? or even afterwards in uh, undrafted free agent period to sign these types of players? So when I was looking over this question and, and really thinking about it, I was thinking like, well, you know, any team can kind of address these positions at undrafted free agent or really the last day. But getting a really good UDFA, and you see how football is really built on undrafted free agents. We've seen that, and even sixth and seventh round picks. But overall, I think the meat of the talent in this draft for just about all the positions in general are the midday picks. You see tight ends like Hunter Bryant. You see interior offensive linemen like Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan. These are totally viable options that the Niners could go about to address positions that I think are underrated. Again, for example, or for example, like tight end George Kittle is really good, but the second option, Ross Dwelly, I like him, but I think he's a tight end three. I don't think he could be considered a 
a solid second option. So I want to see the Niners trade back, get in the mid-round if possible, get Hunter Bryant, get Albert Oquig-Boonham. I think that's how you say his last name, Oquig-Boonham. Very solid tight end. They could get the dude out of Stanford, Colby Parkinson. They have a lot of tight end options, but I think they do need a solid second tight end. Same thing with the interior offensive line. You guys, you got guys like Calvin Throckmorton and Cesar Ruiz who can just go out there, ball out, get the job done, and you can get them in the midday, mid-second, third, fourth, fifth, you know, you name it. So overall, I think they do need to trade back, sadly. But you look at, again, you again, you look at what I brought up, how these midday picks can really affect the team's overall depth and future. Like you said, when it came to getting these guys on affordable rookie contracts, and Fortunately for them, they are in a great position to trade back. And when it comes to addressing these positions, and it's not even interior offense line and tight end. Again, we brought it up too. It's like depth at wide receiver because we don't know if Pettis is going to return to the way he used to be his rookie year. We don't know if Jalen Hurd is going to stay healthy. And then obviously cornerback too, where all these guys are up for contract next season. And even then, this season too, it's like Richard Sherman isn't getting any older. How consistent can Emmanuel Mosley be? How consistent can Witherspoon be? K1 is K1. He's a solid slot corner. But the other three guys, we're not too sure about entirely. So they could use his midday picks to address corner also. A lot of options they can go about. But for the underrated needs overall, I think they're more likely to address those positions trading back than really attempting to get a top UDFA at that specific position. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good point. Um, just that, you know, they're, they're not really stressed to have to make one decision one way or another. Um, but this, this organization and this, this front office has been really, really talented at finding late round or undrafted free agents that are able to come in and contribute day one um, or, or when they're called upon rather. And I think that that's, that's not an easy skill to have. Um, obviously more teams would be, would be able to get these guys and, and put them into their systems if, if it was an easy skill, but you don't see it happening that often. Uh, I mean, guys like Kendrick Bourne, um, even, you know, DJ Jones, these are some late round undrafted guys. Um, even Matt Breida, Matt Breida had a huge role in the early, early, um, uh, parts of last year and he was undrafted. So just, you know, that, that, that type of history, I guess, and success in the later rounds and in undrafted free agency period kind of gives me some comfort, um, knowing that they don't have to necessarily address that mid mid round or even earlier in the draft. Um, because they, they do have a knack of being able to fill those holes later on um, day three or even in, in, in the undrafted period. So I, I definitely think that the 49ers feel comfortable in their ability to pick up these guys um, where they feel comfortable at and not having to kind of um, overreach or, or overspend on draft capital in order to do so. Um, now, speaking of John Lynch and this front office, He's shown that he's definitely one to make trades and love doing so. How important do you think it is for him to gather picks for this team? Do you think they need more picks? Could Is there even any possibility that they trade up in the first round? Yeah, that's been the theme with me. This whole show is that John Lynch loves to trade. Then I would see the Niners likely going for midday picks and trade back scenarios. And I can't stress it enough. He loves to trade. He loves to get those mid-round picks. 
he loves to care about guys like, or well, not care, but he wants to make sure that guys like Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala get the players that they need. And being able to do that requires having the, you know, good amount of picks to do so. And yeah, you can address the one good position you need at 13 to 31, but is it enough is the question mark. And unfortunately for the team, I think they have too many, not holes, but depth issues at specific positions, just like wide receiver at cornerback, at tight end, at offensive line, to where you can say, you know what, I think they do need to trade back and get midday picks. So yeah, I think John Lynch is very likely to make this type of move, but, and now, but. The one thing we haven't seen a little bit here and there is Kyle Shanahan loves Jerry, well, supposedly loves Jerry Judy. He's the exact type of wide receiver that would fit this offense entirely. He's a good run after the catch guy. He's got strong hands. He can win contested catches. He does have a couple drop issues over the middle of the field, but it's more so concentration and him trying to catch it with his body rather than his hands. And that's just something you can coach. So I don't think it's a big deal. But the rumor is that Kyle Shanahan loves Judy and wouldn't be afraid to move up in the get John Lynch to move up in the draft to get him. So I think that would barring barring anything crazy, like if the Niners do decide to want to get a tackle for some reason, I could see that being the only player they really trade up for is Jerry Judy. And I've seen the Niners move up from thirteen to ten. 13 to 9 to try and pass the Raiders to make sure the Raiders don't get one of them solid wide receivers that might be on their board. But again, the only time I see the Niners trading up would be for a wide receiver. I don't think it's likely, but I think there's like a like a point 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 zero 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 one percent chance that they do. Otherwise, though, John Lynch loves to trade, man. He really loves to trade and move around in this draft. And I could definitely see him trying to gather more picks. Yeah, um, I I agree with you. Um, in the as an aspect that the only way that John Lynch moves up is to get a wide receiver. Um, we saw Benjamin Albright tweet out earlier that, um, he expects multiple trade up for wide receivers in the first round. Um, if that is the case, then the 49ers could be sitting there at thirteen, with the three big names, Lamb. Rugs and Judy already off the board, which would kind of shoot their main plan, at least what we think is their main plan, uh, right in the foot. So that would be the only scenario in which I envision them trading up is to get a guy like Judy or a guy like Lamb um, if they feel like other teams are calling around trying to jump in ahead of them to select all three of them that they'll be gone. Um, but other than that, I definitely don't think that they 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 move up. Um, if, if their wide receiver that they want is there, or even their number two wide receiver they want is there uh, at thirteen, I think they stay stand pat and just kind of uh, take the pick and move on. I don't think that they have the ammunition to be able to move up, and I think it would just cost way too much at this point. Um, now wrapping it up here, um, the draft has always held many surprises. What do you think would be the most shocking move the 49ers could make on draft day and why? Uh, all right, Zach. So I kind of got two of them here, and they're both related on the defense. This isn't necessarily super hot. Well, I don't know. Okay, yeah, it's super hot takey, at least for me. Just because I wasn't too big of the D4 signing 
just because I didn't like the injury history, but I'm going to eat my words because I had been cheering for D Ford all season. But overall, I think the biggest surprising move that they could possibly do would be moving D Ford. I do think they need more money, cap space-wise. I know they can afford him, but he's making a lot of money, and he played 40 to 50% of the snaps last season. And I know he was injured too, but even when he was healthy, he wasn't playing too many snaps. So for me, D Ford's super effective, but it's just a lot of money to pay him for him to play half the games. So I think the most shocking move that they could possibly make is moving D Ford, addressing Edge later in the draft, like at pick thirty one, if they could get like a like an AJ Ebenezer, or Yatur Gross Matos, or Terrell Lewis, who are all very solid edge options in the back of the first round if they do move D Ford. If they do move forward though, I wouldn't be surprised if it was for like a second round pick again or like a like a two and a three or you know, something of that nature. But that would be the shocking move. The next shocking move I think would be is if the Niners take a cornerback at 13 and they trade Richard Sherman. That would be insane to me. I I, I don't know. That's super hot taking. I love thinking about this kind of stuff. Like, wow, what could the Niners possibly do to shake up the team? And I'm not saying this would happen. I'm not saying this is what I would want to happen. But this is one of those things where, like, if you think about it, it's like, man, you never really know. Sherman is going to make 12 to $13 million under contract next season. And the one thing I've seen from a lot of fans after the Super Bowl was that they were not confident in Sherman at all. And Sherman got toasted in the Super Bowl by Tyree Kill, I believe, and by Sammy Watkins. So he didn't leave a good lasting impression on the team. Sherman is getting older. He's slowing down. He's going to be making a good amount of money. There's always teams out there that need cornerbacks. The Niners can definitely afford to get younger at cornerback in a very deep cornerback draft. So, hey, why not move Richard Sherman? Why not save a lot of salary cap? And why not just address the corner position now? I know you need those veteran guys in there, but you also need to be able to grow and develop the guys you have. So, hey, why not move Sherman for a midday pick, get a couple corners in this draft, call them yours, and... Turn him into Richard Sherman's. I don't know, man. Just do something crazy of that nature. So D4 getting traded and Richard Sherman getting traded, I think would be like the two biggest shocking things the Niners could possibly do in this draft. Wow. Talk about some pretty hot takes there. Uh, I took this in a completely uh, much, much calmer way when I was thinking about my answer. Uh, I thought that the most shocking decision they could make or move they could make would be uh, neglecting the wide receiver position entirely for the the duration of the whole draft, or taking Kinlaw at thirteen, I just really don't think it's the biggest position of of need, and I think it would kind of just be an overreach at this point um, for the Forty ers I think that at thirteen would be a good pick to the good uh, a team that needs a player that big, uh, but I I think it's more of a, a luxury pick for the 49ers if they were to take Kinlaw at 13. Um, but man, I, I definitely didn't go as hot takey as you did on those. I love it. Um, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight, guys. Uh, we appreciate you listening in to the Red and Gold Standard podcast. Um, Anthony, you got any parting way, parting words? Uh, Zach, that's it. That was a great episode. I had a lot of fun. It's always fun to talk about the draft. Maybe we'll probably do another like little draft type episode just before the draft goes down. 
get our final thoughts on the whole situation. Maybe something big will happen with the Niners before the draft itself. But we'll definitely get one more pod out there. Good job tonight, bro. I had a lot of fun. It was fun talking to you guys. Follow me on Twitter, Perry underscore 49ers. It's P-E-R-R-Y underscore 49-E-R-S. All right. Yep, that's going to do it, guys. And also, real quick, um, on draft day, we are going to be uh, trying out something new. We're going to kind of do like a live stream, um, just going over the picks with you guys, doing all we can to just kind of interact. Um, I will be tweeting out the details from the 49ers Hive account, so make sure you're following us there. Also, we have two separate giveaways. Um, We have our Twitter giveaway. As soon as we reach 7,000 followers, we will be giving away um, a a prize. And once we get closer to 7,000, I will be announcing that prize. And also on our Instagram at 49ers Hive, as soon as we reach 1,000 followers, we will be hosting a separate giveaway. And just like with Twitter, as soon as we get closer to 1,000, we will be releasing the details. So make sure you go and follow us on both if you have not already. Um, We appreciate all you guys. Stay safe. Stay faithful. Um, And that's going to do it for us. Uh, Take care, everybody.